Hello, this is Jesse Weiler for Adoramus Bulletin. On this episode, I speak with Carolyn Smichek, who recently wrote an article for Adoramus Bulletin titled, Let Your Vineyards Flourish, The Eternal Riches of the Marriage Rite. Carolyn was recently married this past Divine Mercy Sunday and brings a lot of insight from her personal experience into this article. She is a doctoral candidate in liturgical catechesis at the Catholic University of America and holds a master's degree in biblical theology from John Paul the Great Catholic University. So without further ado, another Adoramus interview. Caroline, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, the, the weather is changing a little bit too fast for me, but uh, I'm holding on for dear life, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. The leaves are starting to fall already, and it, it seems summer is slipping away. Well, you know, it's fitting because my wife and I were married in October, and uh, after our marriage, we went and did our honeymoon in Michigan to watch the leaves change color. So I have that to prepare for, uh, and, and it's fitting because we're talking about, you know, something that we're seeing and encountering with our eyes and understanding that that represents something bigger. And so uh, we, we have your article here in Adoramus Bulletin and we get to talk about it. But my first question that I always like to ask is, wh- why did you write this article? What was the, the motivation? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of joy in weddings, obviously. It should be a very joyful time. Um, and I think a lot of the joy is seen afterwards at the party, right? It's a big celebration with all your favorite people. And I wanted to express that the joy comes from the liturgy, from the marriage rite, from the actual marriage. And uh, I know for my now husband and I, it was as much as it was stressful and uh, nerve wracking and um, a very important time. It was also an extremely joyful time. So I was hoping to communicate that, that the liturgy isn't something you have to just get through to get to the party, but something to really hone in on and focus on and and know that there's a lot of joy that can be found in there. Now, if you're anything like me, uh, you you experienced your, your wedding, your matrimony, but then you probably continued to learn about the marriage right even after you were married. And, and then you start to think, oh, gosh, should I have done this? Or would that have been great? Or should I have been more focused? Is that something that, that pops in your mind? I know it pops in my mind. A little bit. You know, I have uh, spent a long time studying the sacraments, so I probably went into marriage prep with a bit of a leg up. Um, but I, I know that not being able to choose the readings for our wedding was something of a bit not a regret because we got to get married during the octave, the Easter octave, but it was something like, oh, I wonder what the homily would have been like, um, or I wonder if we would have been able to pray a little bit differently about preparing for our wedding with different readings and such. Um, But definitely reflecting on the rite and the vows itself, I wasn't expecting that afterwards. Being able to look back and say like, well, that was a really simple sentence, and I can see now already <laughs> how how much power and how much grace was wrapped up in in that very short time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I hundred percent agree. And uh, you know what? I really the meat of all of this is there are so many decisions to be made for a mm-hmm. wedding, and some of them involve the liturgy, and a lot of them don't. And so we are inundated 
with decisions and choice and understanding. And I think to a certain degree that uh, unfortunately it reduces some of those decisions and things that we notice and see in the liturgy themselves. So, you know, if somebody is preparing to get married, how can we better focus ourselves to really uh, pay attention to the things that matter in matrimony and in the liturgy mm-hmm. itself, as opposed to, you know, the linens and the colors and all of that. Yeah. I know for me, um, what I found was helpful was getting my family involved in parts of the liturgy um, and also just asking their opinion or their thoughts. Um, so for example, my sister was really concerned that the flower girls, sh- their dresses should match. <laughs> and for me, it was literally nothing I gave any thought to. It was a week before the wedding. And, and now my sister and sister-in-laws are scrambling to, to buy dresses because now they decided they want it to match. And, and it was a moment of like, oh, I should have incorporated them a bit more into the decision of, you know, what is this mean for me to have my nieces involved in the wedding? Um, How can maybe there could have been like a, I don't know, more of a prayerful reflection on that, but to have family focused on uh, what I find important, because I think we find a lot of times when we're talking about weddings, you find out what's important to other people very quickly. (laughs) And that can become uh, kind of the topic of conversation is the flowers or the dresses or um, other elements that are very visual and very important to some people, but maybe not so much to the bride and groom who are preparing. Another point of, I guess, contention and decision-making, and you mentioned this, is traditions, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and as Catholics, we have liturgical and church traditions, but each individual family has traditions and, and cultures have traditions, right? I mean, if you're at a Filipino wedding as opposed to, you know, a, an Italian wedding, you'll see and experience different things. So those sometimes make their ways into the liturgy, sometimes they're afterwards. So how do you navigate the important capital T traditions, you know, and the little t, you know, familiar traditions? Exactly, especially when in the Latin rite, in the Roman uh, rite, there are not a lot of, um, I don't know, extra bells and whistles with, you know, a mass, or not a mass, <laughs> with a wedding, the mass for sure, but add the, the marriage rite in the middle of it, and there's not too much extra in terms of um, tradition that goes in there, um, so really trying to focus on, okay, we have... Um, definitely parts of the marriage right that we can emphasize or at least explain to people. Um, and I tried doing that a little bit in our worship aid. Um, I tried to draw attention to uh, the questions before the consent or even the consent itself and having the words printed in the worship aids so that people could see the words, understand the questions that we were being asked, even read the vows and to see like, what are we promising to each other? Um, so that was uh, just a little way that I thought maybe we can highlight this otherwise small part in the mass, just to highlight its importance. Uh, I'm glad that I found another person who uh, went to uh, great lengths to find a perfect <laughs> wedding date because 
it was something I didn't want to just pick arbitrarily. So one of the, one of the big Bible verses that I absolutely love is John 10, 10. He came so that we might have life and have it to the full, not just life, but full life. Mm-hmm. And so my anniversary is on October 10, 10, 10. And right. so I, I, that's something. And then I, I read your article about how, uh, how detailed your date was. So what, <laughs> what, what does that mean that, that we're taking something about our personal life and making it sacramental, right? What, what does that orientation in our life actually mean in, in exemplifying? Right. Uh, for me, this is this is where I get like all tingly about the faith, you know, um, where something so arbitrary in a sense, you know, humans invented it, the calendar and the dates uh, and the fact that we can take moments in time and uh, really lift them up to the Lord and and say this is something special. Um, and I, I just find that so beautiful that we have the calendar with the saints. We have our liturgical calendar with different feast days. Um, so to be able to take parts of our life then and to say, you know, our Lord incarnated and he became one of us. He said that time and space is important. How we worship, where we worship and when we worship is important. Um, so through his humanity, then we can reconnect in a sense these very otherwise arbitrary things such as our calendar that we use and make that something super important sacramental um so birthdays i think that's a a wonderful way to incorporate the faith but then also the important moments in our life so the sacraments that we celebrate Uh, so to be able to sometimes you can't sometimes it's you know given to you and you just can't assume that but to be able to choose the date and then to offer that to the Lord as a, a special, like, this is how I want to join this to you is, I think, a great privilege. You talked a bit about the dress and the veil as being, you know, these symbols. What else do we see in the rite of matrimony that is really exemplifying and, and symbolizing the heavenly reality or, or the sanctification that you're about to embark on with your spouse? Right. I mean, obviously the people themselves, right? It's very important that we are making a vow to another person. That's why weddings aren't uh, (laughs) not done over Zoom for a reason. There is something very important about making it a point to be in a church, right? In a physical space that is holy with two people and to say, uh, we are going to vow ourselves to each other. Um, I just find the rings to be (laughs) just so beautiful Uh, and maybe they're not the most uh, obvious sacramental sign, but it is a symbol of the vow that is made and the exchange of that love between two people. But it's also something that carries over to other traditions, right? So just about every culture that I know of, at least in America, I have a kind of a limited scope here, but everyone uses wedding rings. So I think it's a great starting point and it's a great um, like commonality that we can find with other traditions and say, well, you understand the importance of this wedding ring. Maybe we can talk about why is that important? What is it symbolizing? And here's how it symbolizes a bit more in terms of vows and set of promises and the exchange of people, uh, the gift of life and in that sense. Um, so just a simple 
addition to maybe the more obvious ones is a veil or a dress. One of the more unique things about the rite of matrimony in the, in the sacrament is that it's, it's the only sacrament in which those receiving the sacrament are also the ministers of the sacrament. So what is that telling us about what's happening there? Why, why is that? Uh, you, what is it about that uniqueness that it should show us something, reveal to us? Right. It's really calling back to us the importance of our baptism, that we are baptized as priests, prophet, and king, and we are called to sanctify the world. And that starts in the domestic church. That starts with sanctifying our family. Um, and obviously, you need a man and a, and a woman, a husband and a wife to start a family. Um, so it's a very visible, very physical sign of saying, um, we are called to sanctify each other. And through our love and through our expression of that love to sanctify the world. So it's a very powerful thing to, and I, and I wish couples would recognize this, that it's not just on their wedding day that they are ministers of that sacrament. I mean, you are a minister of the marriage sacrament for the rest of your life to your husband or vice versa to the wife. Uh, you can bless each other. You can bless your children. The prayers that you um, say with your family and your home, that's a sacred space. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a very cool reality that I think we should spend some more time talking about, or at least just expressing and sharing the joy in that. Because um, I know a lot of times the laity might feel, well, that's the priest's role. They do all the blessing. <laughs> they do all the sanctifying. And it's like, yeah, in a, in a very sacramental sense, but we get to go out into the world and do that as well. And it's a very beautiful calling. You talked at the end of your article about focusing on the heavenly banquet. And I think like we've been talking this whole time about how easy it is to get swept up into these earthly reality, earthly realities or these earthly things that tend to sometimes distract us from that heavenly banquet. So beyond matrimony, how can we continue to focus on that heavenly banquet? Oh, that is such a great question. And I think that comes down to our daily prayer and our um, conscious effort to be grateful for all of the gifts that we do have in our life. I know this is something that I struggle with, and I'm sure many people do struggle with. It's so easy to complain when you pray. <laughs> and it's so easy to ask for things because as much as we all are blessed, we all have a lot of things that we need or people that we need to pray for. Um, but to recognize that this isn't it, you know, so as much as we need things and as much as people need healing or there's just so much strife in the world, um, there's also so much good and so much grace and the Lord has already won. And to try to remember that every day and then to help others, even if it's just family members, <laughs> to recognize, you know, Sometimes we don't need to be in the weeds all the time about this. We can be thankful and know that there is the heavenly banquet. There is something that we are, as Christians, are looking forward to. And this is our hope and this is our joy. And this is where our joy should originate, is knowing that there's something more that we're called to. Well, thank you so much for your time. And if somebody wants to you know, go ahead and read this article, it's on adoramus.org. Again, the title of the article is Let Your Vineyards Flourish, The Eternal Riches of the Marriage Rite. 
Carolyn, thank you so much for your time and uh, thank you for this article. And hopefully we get to, to read more from you in the future. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless.